Next, I'd like to introduce. Throw your hands in the air if you're a true player. What can I say about my brother Daniel? It hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports. That boy is good. Good and terrible. You hold your breath when Shaquille O'Neal comes careening into your lap. Well, he's going to give a little special greeting to Daniel Baldwin right here. Davis brothers should have a boxing match against the Baldwin brothers. Really? We'll take them out in the first round. Who would you take on? I'm Youngest, I'm medium, old? On all three of them, actually. Now that I really think, yeah, I wouldn't need any help. I think you two dudes are going to become real homies. Where do we find these guys? Oh, man, I hate those guys. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. It's a good one. I like that one. You like it? A little stutter step. A little stutter step little for the stutter step to the hoop. Joshy Josh, what do you got? We've got everything today. Of course, the Daniel Baldwin Show is presented by Liverpool Pool and Spa. If you want to get involved, get right to Daniel on the text line. You can do that 315 288 0644. Are the phones always open for ESPN 44? That is 437-7644. We will obviously talk Q's Kansas tomorrow. We will talk all the college football coaches being shifted around. But I believe Daniel was taken down a wormhole just before the show today. Correct, Daniel? I believe you were uh, given some kind of conspiracy that is... Caught your attention. Well, 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 listen, I'm not going to go to that right away. I have. Oh, really? Of, I have a couple of things to talk to Sorry, you about. Sorry, I wasn't ready. In, in, our, in our fourth segment, we will talk about something I'm wondering about. Aha! Okay? Exciting. I'm, All right, I, good. I'm wondering. But what I want to bring to your attention right now, have you heard the Conor McGregor story? No. Oh, well, let me, let me tell you what's going on. Conor McGregor does not appear to be concerned about mob threats. In the clip, Connor puts his sweat, his sweatshirt and his hoodie over his face. He covers his face and his head. He is in court in Dublin for a traffic ticket. Mm-hmm. He's got like multiple bodyguards around. I watched the whole thing. Evidently, McGregor was in a, a Dublin pub and got in a little tangle with these mafioso guys and Uh-oh. beat the crap out of them. That's not good. So now, can you imagine being the guy looking over at McGregor, who's like 145 pounds, thinking... Who's this drunken guy I'm going to beat his head in? You yeah, know? I'm going to hate this idiot. Who is he? And he comes him. over and schools like three guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and takes him down. Now, the mob is saying that they want 900,000 euros to square off the deal, knowing that he just got paid like yeah. $50 million for this fight. So, And if not, the hit is on. They, they said, are coming for Connor. Like you said, he un- he unknowingly bashed uh, a member of the cartel. That's it. He beat him up, and now they want nine hundred thousand pounds. They want nine hundred thousand pounds. Now, is it pounds or euros? That's oh, I don't know euros. I, what, what do I know? Because if they're euros, they're close to even to a dollar. If they're pounds, they're two times the dollar. Oh no, so that'd I'm, be one point eight million. I don't know what's that. Which symbol? he can you're surely more, afford. You're more well traveled than I am. Is that the uh, euro or the pound? That's a euro. Yeah, it's a euro. All right. Trust me, I know about extra boundage. Hey <laughs> uh, now, nine hundred pounds is a uh, chump change for. Larry. It, 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 it's nothing, nothing. for Larry. Yeah. He carries that in his pants. He's got that right there in the front, right in the front. <laughs> Founder of the new club, Bulges. Oh, Connor yeah. says I have to say this, and I'm wearing my old veteran crime reporter hat. Connor McGregor is a very dangerous place at the moment. He has come into conflict through no fault of his own with a group of very, very dangerous people. We're tied up with the Kanaha. Kanaha, I don't know what they're called, but it's the, it's 
the cartel. All right. <laughs> why is it? Why is it? You know the O'Loughlins. <laughs> yeah. Or the, or, you know, or the Kellys. Kinahans. Let me see. Kinahans, right there. Kinahans? Maybe the Kinahans. Yeah, I think oh, that's Oh, the Kinahans. I.e. the Kinahans. That's what I tell you. You don't want to be messing with the Kinahans, Don't laddie. you're going up to the Kinahans. The Kinahans. I haven't been in, du- in Dublin, but i got to tell you my favorite Dublin story. Please. Okay. So it's the 27th of December, some, you know, I don't know, about seven or eight years ago. And uh, I'm going over there, going back to return to finish a project that I was doing. And, and I'm sober, so I've got a, a, the oxymoron of this, an AA meeting book in Dublin. So, so I'm walking down the street. Was it, it covered in dust? And like- <laughs> exactly. No, wait, this is a great <laughs> yeah. story. So I come to the end of this cul-de-sac, this, this little uh, you know, uh, hamlet outside of Dublin, and I'm looking for this AA meeting. And there's this crusty old looking guy, and it's really, really cold out, and he's got a, a big trench coat on and a scarf and a hat tied around his and he's got a flask in his hand. He, he whacks down a sip. And I look, and I'm looking for the address, and it's pretty dimly lit. And I say, he goes, you'll be looking for the AA meeting, are you, laddie? And I looked at him, and I said, yes, sir, I am. I'm looking for the, he goes, ah, we shut them down around the 22nd of December. Bring them back around the 2nd of January. It gives everybody a reason to come home. <laughs> <laughs> so they shut their AA meeting down. Everyone goes and gets lit up for the yeah. holidays. And then they, gotta, they, they get a newcomer they're, chip, and they come not, and they do it. They're not going to let AA those ruin are, the holidays, Those Daniel. are my people. Those are your people. Those are my people. <laughs> God, can we do the show remote from Dublin? <laughs> Is there a Dublin, New York? Because, yes, maybe come we can. Come on, the weekends, we can. Could squeeze the great one. We'll hop Where, up the jet. I hear the great one mm. is in Miami to watch this game. Of course. Did I, I got no invite? Yeah, I got nothing. I mean, you're just one of us now. I'm just a doorknob, right? You're just, yes. <laughs> yeah, I know doorknob either. All right, you were right. the great Daniel Baldwin about a year ago, and now you're just, you're just one it, of us now. Look what it's become. Look what it's become. Right. Wow, man. Larry's got a bit of parking spot there. Of course he does. Connor McGregor is uh, the mob is after him. What does that look like? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I just made fun of the Canahan, so they might be after me now, for all I know. But... Well, yeah, but you're pretty far away, and you're yeah. safe in the protective walls of Club Larry. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, you just got to go to Bulge. And Have be... you ever, in your back in your uh, partying days, gotten a group so angry with you that you were worried about what may happen? You know, I've done things uh, more in the press yeah. uh, uh, that got me, you know, t- total societies and countries angry, I mean, for sure. <laughs> I remember there was a report in the, I, w- I was online for the Oscars. And, you know, and, and, and when you go through the press line at the Oscars, it, it, it's literally, you've never seen anything like the yeah. number of outlets. I mean, the Wall Street Journal wants to comment on something, mm-hmm. you know, and why, why would you ask an actor what they know? They, they can barely, get, you know, write their name. Sure. M- sure. Most, most of them. So, yeah. you know, and suddenly you're pontificating with Sean Penn as visiting presidents of countries to tell them why, you know, the oil should be cheaper and we should, and whatever. And God bless Sean, trying to make an effort to make world piece, I guess, you know, but, but why it's any more important than somebody who's actually a scholar on the subject sure, is, some of them is, might beyond, have some knowledge, is yeah. beyond me, you know, so so here I am, I'm on the line, and they said to me, are you concerned in the news here in Los Angeles that Japan has now bought seven of the ten largest banks in L.A.? They own seven of the ten largest banks. So, me just answering straight up how I think. I said, "Why would I be concerned if, if they were? You know, what's what's the problem? They mm-hmm. own the bank, but you know, well, you know, if, if we were to have a problem economically with them, they'd be in control with seven out of ten. They're the seven of the ten largest, so they're one through seven they own." And I said, 
Well, no, we would just turn around and make a make a law saying that we're going to cut back 30% of the car imports from Japan and crumble the yen in a week. I mm. go, so are we really that concerned? Well, I made that comment and I had, you know, the Japanese American Society, Friends of Japan, they were all like, Baldwin is, is, a, is the Antichrist. Oh. And how could he dare say, you know, and I went, well... Touche. Well, if you're saying we were in jeopardy that they were going to do something with our money, I've had those types of situations. Where you've up. angered an entire uh, country. Na- nations. A nation. Nations. Over statements you've made yes. on red carpets. Yes, Japan in particular, I've, I've, I've definitely, uh, you know, definitely you, offended uh, them on multiple fronts. Have you leveled that out yet, or is it still... Well, I did Oba the Last Samurai, which was a fantastic story, if you get a chance to, to, to get this movie. Um... Uh, it was about an actual events. Um, uh, a, a cruise ship pulled in in 1987 into some small private harbor, mm-hmm. and gunfire occurred and started shooting at this private giant, you know, 200 foot boat. So they reported it, and it turned out that this guy Oba has was still on his patrol from World War II. I've heard of this, and he was protecting all of the rest of his guys in his platoon were dead. Mm. He was the last one. He was 68 or something years old, and he was still patrolling the small assignment that he had, not knowing that the war had ended 40 that. years for he had been doing it. Yeah. So this guy's up there, and they get him, and they you know they deprogram and tell him, no, it's yeah. a, actually the world has changed quite a bit. Yeah. And, they, and he became a national hero. So I'm in this movie, and... You know, so I'm, I'm at the opening of the movie in Tokyo, and I said, you know, 10 years, kind of a long time to be running around not seeing anybody. 20 years, I go, was this guy not a very bright guy? You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you were just for, in the movie. Well, <laughs> I, I played Colonel Pollard. Yeah, I was right, the guy right, going, right, right. I want this guy zipped up in the bag by the morning, boys. You understand right, me? Right. You know, yeah, I was that guy. I was I was uh, uh, Patton. You know, right. That's why I played the movie. But I, I did kind of say, you know, 40 years later, he couldn't figure out nothing was going on. Yeah, who is this idiot that I'm talking to about okay, this movie? You know, <laughs> over the last brain cell. You know what we're talking about here. Way to just continue to insult. Yeah, I know, you know, Japan, I don't have a hot streak going with Japan right now. Sorry. They're no, far. Not, they're a long way. They're away. not listening to my show, so and that's that, okay. well, we aren't translated there yet. So I think <laughs> that will be right. all right. Coming up in the Daniel Baldwin show today, we do have a uh, Friday mystery guest, someone whom you've Ooh. given me hints about, and now I'm now I'm no longer allowed to be on Twitter. Yeah, so we got to take we got to take. Josh has a big screen here with his computer and his phone. We know he would cheat. There's no question he would cheat. Absolutely. So so if we t- we want to tweet out. That this person is going to be on. It's been tweeted from what I'm told. At 3.05, I was supposed to go, all right, very good. Turn it over. It's all, I don't, Nothing's on. on me. Oh, nothing's it got on. tweeted at 3.05. You saw it No, I, I swear to you, on my kids, I do oh, not know uh, anything about it. That's very suspicious to me. I do I, not. I, I'm going to call timeout on that. I do not know. You well, we'll gave me how, one hint. What was the hint I gave you? You said, you saw this man play. I never said man. I saw this person, but, I, right. but I'll give you, it's a man. All right. I it's used, a man. Uh, in the when, Houston Astrodome. And when I saw him, only Nolan Ryan was I even close to, uh, you know who Nolan Ryan is? Yes. Okay. So only the, only, only the Express, <laughs> yes. only the Express Nolan Ryan mm-hmm. was I uh, as impressed or was anywhere near the, the accolades this guy uh, was able to attain mm-hmm. uh, when I watched him play in, uh, in the Astrodome. Wow. So I have different theories uh, of that. Okay. Could be a musician. Because mm-hmm. I, I, you've tried to throw me now. Now I'm, now I'm on to your scent. I don't you, know what you, you're you doing. Know what? You, you know, listen, do what you need to do. Do what you need to do. So how many questions do you think you're going to need on this one? Dude, if it's an athlete, you could give me a thousand questions. No, I'll no, have no on. idea. Larry? I'll get five. Many, I get five, five questions, right? Five questions? 
Uh, give him seven questions. Let's do seven questions. Seven, seven questions. We don't got all day, Larry. Yeah. I like Larry's take. Spo- I, I, don't to... cut Larry out in his opinion. Yeah. We'll go to six. How about six? We'll play so, I'll do six. Uh, let's, do six let's, let's do nine. <laughs> nine let's do 35 questions and then eventually. Watch. watch. He's going to say something really bad on question number seven. <laughs> and he's not, and yeah. Larry's not going to be able to hit no, the button exactly in time. Exactly right. Me, me, me. Exactly right. I love that. All I right. Love that for Larry, sure. what was this you just handed me about Geno Thorpe? You're covering the headline. You just handed me something. Because that's all that's uh, really been reported. Geno Thorpe is as, uh, leaving the Syracuse basketball program for personal reasons. This wow. just dropped. Right before the Kansas game? Well, he wasn't getting many minutes before. Well, hang on a second. Is that that's... all they're saying, Larry? That's all being reported right now. Wow. I challenge that. Something else has happened here. Hmm, Gino. I don't know. It just says personal reasons. That's all we know. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's a cover-up. We should come back and talk that's that game. I that's want to get Beheim on line two, please. Beheim, please call in. Uh, that's, yeah, no, that's Julie Beheim, by the that's way. A, that's a big one. That's a big one right before the Kansas game tomorrow in that's Miami. That's a huge one. What does that do to the... What does that do to the chemistry that was a, of the team? That was a major player on the bench. All right, we'll, we'll take a break and come back and talk more. Geno Thorpe, it just broke. If you want to get involved, phones are open. 315-4-ESPN-44. That is 4-ESPN-44. And you're listening to the Daniel Baldwin Show here on ESPN Radio, Syracuse. The Orange Women back in the Dome Sunday at 2 o'clock against Stony Brook. Orange pregame, 145. On the Pulse of the Orange, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now, welcome back. So the news just coming in is that Geno Thorpe has left the Syracuse University basketball program. They have not given us much more information than that. But I do have to ask you, Larry, is this a Harvey Weinstein situation? Is Harvey involved in this in any way? Nothing from Larry. Nothing. He's not not going to bite it? No, it's all speculation at this point. I think that he's... Personal reasons, what does that mean? Was he mad that he wasn't getting minutes? Was he mad that... uh... Do you you leave the program in your senior year? Um, Now, I, I believe that there is a cap on how many games you can play before you're allowed to go to the NCAA and ask for what's called a hardship. Now, you can leave the program and sit out a year. Anyone can do that. If you haven't played, so I'm sure that there's that consideration. But he's that, already a graduate student. He'll be 45 when okay, he goes well, It doesn't matter. You can extend that. You yeah, can go yeah. post-grad, whatever, if he wants to play. But here's the catch. You have to sit out a year to transfer if you played mm-hmm. to, a, to another university. Okay? So I'm sure if, they, if the NCAA waives the fact that he only played in six games, then they may consider that. But what he needs more than anything is that he needs the hardship of being able to say, can he play for someone next year? Right. So remember, there's a certain value to a 24-year-old guy playing basketball, 23-year-old, whatever he's going to be, versus a 19, 18, you know, 20-year-old coming in. I mean, he would have had three seasons of basketball at Syracuse University. He would have started this year for a little while. So, you know, the maturity level and everything. So I get the feeling that this is not a, I'm not playing enough decision in his senior year. There might be something else that's going to come out information-wise. I don't, I don't want to speculate on that because I'm going to get in trouble there. He does not like speculation. He doesn't like But I, it's weird. It's weird that, that, that this early in a season, this news comes out uh, that, I mean, maybe we could figure, it's too early for academic stuff because they haven't even gotten like a, any kind of grades yet, I don't think. 
Well, I think that. So, do we know who made the announcement? It's just the athletic department. The athletic department. It was literally the tweet that that we read. It was just that he's out for personal reasons. Out of the program, not of the game. For personal reasons, you know, and and God forbid you don't want this to be true, but like, you know, is his mom sick or someone, a family member? Right. It could be anything. Or is he sick? It could be anything. Right. It could be anything. So, when they announce it that way, assuming that what they're saying is true, then it's probably not has to do with academic eligibility or anything, you know, disciplining him from the program or anything like that. It probably more than likely is exactly that. Some type of personal thing is going on with him. Uh, and we the, and for that, let's just say that our prayers are out to him and his family. We yeah, hope we wish him the best. We hope everybody's okay. But, you know, now that we're talking about SU hoops, I got to tell you a startling statistic as I dove into it a little bit more today. Um, opposing teams are shooting 43% from three-point range against Syracuse. That's a yeah. very high number. That's 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 feasting. Uh, and, and Kansas shoots the three very, very well. So mm-hmm. I see this um, as really the key to the game. It will be three-pointers on both sides. We shot a dismal 16.7% from three-point range uh, in our last game against Maryland and pulled it off. If we And the good news for us is that stereotypically Kansas usually has a couple of big guys in there. They're not a very big team. Mm-hmm. They actually play almost a four-guard offense. So with that said, we don't have to really worry about packing the paint as we have to worry about rushing to the paint and, and rebounding by committee. So we should be able to guard against the three-pointer because we won't be exposing a couple of big guys underneath to have a big paint presence and scoring us on the inside. So if we shoot the three better and we guard against the three, I think we're in this game. I think I that, really do. Do you think that this is uh, the Clemson game well, of the basketball program? And, and, and you say that. So what does an upset of number two look like and mean for the Syracuse basketball program this early in the season? Sure. And I think that's a, a big point. Is this potentially a Clemson deal? Yeah. So if they win the game, and at the end of the day, winning the game is better than losing the game no matter what you say. So them winning the game, but then that puts that mark on that, and again, that expectation level, that when you roll in and lose to somebody who's not very, very good or lose a few games in a row, which Syracuse could do this year. They're mm-hmm. a young team. So, yeah, you know, I mean, but but it does nothing but help them believe basketball is a little bit different too you know you're playing 30 plus games plus the tournament versus playing you know 10 11 12 games in in football and preparing all week long to play one game so now i i i think that uh you'll see more upsets in the basketball world you know tiny butlers and people like that coming and slaying giants Mm -hmm. because you know in a one game situation in basketball you know so much can happen so quickly you know, it take, takes a couple of bad plays and suddenly you're down by nine because I think Syracuse football beating the mighty Clemson there's a much bigger gap between those programs than let's say a Syracuse basketball and a Kansas well a Kansas is number two right yeah well you still got a great basketball yeah they're number two six games in and 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 and, and true the the teams that were if you look now at what happened in the rankings the team that was number one or number two in the beginning of the season is now number one again that we mm-hmm. beat Clemson's number one now. Yeah. So, you know, and they lost to Syracuse, who was 78th. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, and I don't believe Syracuse basketball, I don't know what their national ranking is in the top 100, but they're not in the top 25. No, they're 6-0. They're no, so, they're 6-0, yeah, but they're not. But, they're but I think even a good showing against Kansas is something that moves Syracuse up the ladder. I don't think, I think people have underestimated. When we beat Maryland, I don't think people expected us to beat Maryland. Do you think that this uh, matters being on a neutral court? It's in Miami. It's nowhere near Kansas, nowhere near... 
Syracuse. I would have to say that because of the programs, Kansas is going to have more fans down in Miami. Really? I see. I think a lot of Q snowbirds might be down there. You think so? I think there might be a lot. Not a lot happened in Kansas either, baby. That's there might be a true. lot of people down there. And Miami. Oh. I do have an official announcement to make. How much time do we have left in the segment? About five minutes. Right, good. I want, to make, I want to make it known now. This may shock you all. Go ahead. But I am going to make this announcement now. I am officially throwing my hat in and volunteering to become the head coach of Tennessee football. Wow. I, I'm going to make it known. I, wow. I think they're struggling. I think they could use a mind like mine. <laughs> I think what we're going to do is we're going to lobby over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm going to contact the athletic director. I'm going to see what he wants to do. I want to see if he wants to maybe perhaps do a live interview with us mm-hmm. about and let him know my positioning and why I think I should be the head coach. Now, fret not out there because I would then fly Josh and Larry out to Tennessee and do the show from out there. Thank you. That's exciting. I would do the show. I don't think Larry's allowed to leave the state just for some legal reasons, but... Uh, Is there some bulge reasons? Mm, there's some bulge, yeah. Back of the, Battle of the filthy bulge. mignon back in the day. Did some things <laughs> <laughs> that he can't do. Let me just put it this way. Does he have to register in Nashville? Yeah, That's I think he I does. Know. He's going to have to. He's okay. going to have to go door to door. You like bring this up. You bring up the Tennessee program, which is a dumpster fire right now. You bring up uh, college football... You, you love the idea that Babers is, has, has a has a bag. By Babers the front is gone. Door. Why isn't anyone listening to me? He's <laughs> going to take he's going to take an offensive coordinator position. Yeah. If again, do I think that this is what Dino Babers is thinking? No. I'm telling you how a smart agent would think. I've been around this for a long, long time, and I look at all the indications and all the signs here in Syracuse for him. A guy that's on the rise. A guy that upset number two at the time. Now number one. He beat the number one team in the nation. He's the only guy to beat them this year. The only only got to beat him. If I can strike while the iron is hot and I can generate enough heat from that, and let, let's face it, if you're doing you know, a daytime soap opera, then you go to a sitcom, then a sitcom, you're in a nighttime drama on primetime, now you're doing movies, now you're a movie star. That's the natural progression in my business. You start in the theater doing crap you don't want to do until you're all the way up there and you're the lead guy on the marquee starring da-da-da-da-da. And, and then that, right after that, you're on ESPN and then you're Syracuse, on ESPN Syracuse. And Syracuse. And it's, you know what? You know what? The, because 3 to 4 p.m. Because, because Ed Levine owes me money. Right? That's I just right. want to say. I just want to say. <laughs> understand. I just want to say what it's really about. Ed owes me money. Pam asked me. I did it. All right. But Babers what. has two openings now. If you look, because Jimbo just went to Texas. That came out last hour. I don't. Florida know. State's open. Tennessee's open. I don't know. Well, he's in the conversation of Florida sure. State. He has been. He's mentioned an SI. Yeah. He's mentioned in other places as being in the conversation at Florida State. Now, granted, I don't believe that he's in. He's the you know front two or three guys. No, no, no. But he definitely because of his offensive style, he's in in the. conversation. Conversation there now. The reason why I think that that's a good fit for him is because he stays in the ACC. He played them down there and played them to a decent game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did beat Clemson. Clemson wiped Florida State out. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I think he, he, that's a, a, a decent position for him. And you think he's not taking the Florida State job and leaving leaving Syracuse if they got offered? It is offered to him. Yeah. What I think though is that. Just because of why his back is to the wall with his record that he had, his record except for Clemson, throw Clemson out, and he's not going anywhere. No, 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 he's not going anywhere. No. He's four and seven. Yeah. So now he's put himself in a position here, in my opinion, that anything be short of going to a bowl game next year is going to be considered a, a lost season for him. Yeah. He, he has to win six next year. Yeah. And when I look at their schedule next year and what they're projected to do. I think he's going to have a rough time winning six next year. I really do. So what happens if he wins five? 
Are they going to say that improved one game and they're looking better? And you know, wah 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 wah. He's got to go to a bowl game, and then if he goes to a bowl game once, now all of the guys that he recruited that were freshmen are now seniors in 2019, mm-hmm. and in 2019 he better go to a bowl game again because now it's all his guys that are starting, all the guys that he recruited. So he has to go to back to back bowl games in Syracuse in the ACC with a really really difficult schedule. That's a lot of pressure and probably not going to happen. And Brent X had a good point too. I think you talked about on his show yesterday and then this morning on my show how it's really tough to convince especially fans that the season was better this year because they're still like oh but it's only four wins he was right. saying that yeah and i believe i you know i listen a lot more to acts yeah you know, when i leave here i listen to a show it takes me an hour to get home sure. so i listen to his show and he's very informed you mm-hmm. know and i happen to agree with him on a lot of issues i quote him on my show because i think he's a great He's been around here a lot longer than I have, and he knows a lot more about Syracuse sports than I do. And so he's a great thesaurus for me to go to. Um, and, but I will say, I don't, again, I was posing not as thinking that I had any knowledge of what Dino himself was thinking. I'm just thinking business. Yeah. This is a business. There's X amount of dollars that come in for television. There's X amount of dollars that come in from concessions. There's X amount of dollars that go out from the university to run the program. And you want to be able, when you're the only horse in town and the only football horse around in this town is Syracuse football. And the basketball draw, Syracuse football does not even get, they're in a stadium and they don't draw as many as the basketball team does, I don't think. Right. So, you know, it, it, it's an interesting scenario. Babers is gone. You heard it here. He's calling it right now. We will come back. Uh, we will get to our mystery guest, our Friday mystery guest, here on the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Did you miss In the Booth with Matt Park? And as you all probably know by now, Tiger Woods has teed off for the first time in 300 days. As you all know by now, Tiger Woods is in the Hero World Challenge. Is that that household bit of information? Everybody have their finger on the pulse of off-season meaningless golf that's not on the actual calendar? In the booth, two to three weekdays. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now, and we're back. And my Mr. Guest, are you on the air? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Ah, I love that you're on the air, Mr. Guest. All right, Mr. Guest, here's how we play the game. Josh, yes, our co-host, and Larry Dickman mm-hmm. will be listening in. Josh is going to get uh, the following hints again. I'm going to give them some hints, and then he's going to have... How many questions do we vote on now? Six? Six. Six questions to wow. ask you, Mr. Guest, in order for him Ooh. to try to identify you. Uh, so right. I will tell him this. This was the hint that I gave him. This man, when I watched him play in the Houston Astrodome, only Nolan Ryan could compare to the impact that it had on my life. Okay. Question number one. Are you a musician? Do I have to be honest with these answers? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm a musician. Okay. Do you play guitar? Occasionally I do, yes, sir. Okay. Are you in a currently touring band? Yes. You are good. Have you had have you had hits in the last ten years? Oh yes. <laughs> That's four. <sighs> have you had hits in the last five years? That's five. Oh yes. Currently touring band would sell enough tickets to play in the Astrodome. Sometimes plays guitar. Um, 
One more question. One more question. Are you Nickelback? God, no. God, no. no. All right, I'm sorry. All right, we'll give you one more guess. Throw a guess out. Uh, Are you in Pearl Jam? Oh, I wish. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to give you another, another hint. Go ahead. My brother did a movie called The Hunt for Red. October. This is Blue October. Is it the lead singer yes. for Blue October? Yes, yes, I'm right there. Justin, first and there fellow, ladies go. and gentlemen. <laughs> Good job. Thanks, dude. Thank you. Nice to talk to you. <laughs> What's going on, Justin? Nothing, man. I just picked up my kid from school and just driving through the uh, Texas Hill Country to take her home and chill out, put up Christmas lights, you know, before I got to get back on the road. God, I miss it down there, man. It's so beautiful where you live. Oh man, it's 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 pretty nice. But I mean, you live in a pretty nice place too, Daniel. I do, so man. You're still you're still gonna have me out there on that lake sometime. Oh yeah, you're coming. You're coming for sure. Bring the kitties. Bring the wife. Come on out, and have fun. Oh, that'd be gonna nice. be great. Hey, so so let's talk a little bit. What's going on with Blue October? Right. What are you guys working on? Man, we're we're um we're doing really great. We just had our tenth uh, top forty hit of our career happen last year, and um and we're an independent label now. I own my own record label. And it's it's going really well. Business has never been greater. We we just uh, finished filming a documentary that we started filming five years ago about um, what it's like to try and stay sober uh, in the music business and, and what happens to your to your friends, your relationships, and, and watch how life kind of comes back together as you live the right way. And um, that that's coming out uh, next March. Our new album and our new single, I Hope You're Happy, is coming out January 7th. So a lot of great things are happening, man. A lot of really good things are happening. You know, and I interviewed Justin for um, uh, Recovery Today magazine. Uh, It was a live interview that was printed and then put the interview on camera online to watch. And it was uh, quite a compelling um, interview to do with somebody who has been so honest about his path you know, where he was, where he went to, and where he is now. And, you know, nothing exemplifies it better than driving in the car with my kids yesterday and talking to them about, well, you know, my friend Justin's going to come on the show. He's my mystery guest. And so I started playing stuff from your last release. And then so yeah. so, so then my wife goes, wow, that's such a beautiful song. It was It was the song about going home and seeing your wife. Uh, and, yeah. you know, and, 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 you know, and seeing your kids and, and, and then I turned around, the kids got out of the car and I said, you got to understand what Justin sang about 10 years ago. So I played her hate. <laughs> yeah. Great song. <laughs> I, played, I played her the song hate and she sat there and she literally went, that's the same guy. And I went, that's the oh, same God, guy. Yeah. That's the oh. same guy. That's what his life was then. And look at his life now. I, I think the crazy. the opportunity to be somebody that's as as followed as you are in the musical circles and the number of kids, you know, when I say kids, I mean, you know, 15 through 25, you know, and, and, and the ones yeah. that you can influence with your message now. How does that feel for you now to be in that position to bless them like that? Um, You know, I, I try to stay out of ego. I found that once I dropped my ego five years ago, that life got really easy. And life got so much better. Um, so I would just say as, as long as I'm living right and as long as I'm practicing what I preach and cleaning up my side of the street, it all seems to kind of fall in place and I can always stay on the same level as everyone that listens to me. The moment I start feeling like I'm above them and I can preach down to them is where it's all wrong. 
You know, it's like, I'm just going to tell you what I've been through. I'm going to tell you how I fixed it. I'm not going to tell you what you should do. And I think that that's, and I'm just really descriptive. I'm just as descriptive about peace and, and, and passion about life and the lust for life as I was about depression and the darkness and hate me and into the ocean end it all. You know, I'm just as passionate about that as I was about, uh, about depression as I am about happiness and pure peace. Cause it's just such a, a blessing. But the moment that I start Daniel thinking, let me guide you to this beautiful palace of happiness through Justin's eye is really stupidity taken over. So I'm just, I'm just completely grateful that I get to do this. And then there's people that go, Hey, I want some of what he's got. What's he doing? And then I just go, hey, I did this. Try it. You know, so it's it's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, go, ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, what's awesome about Justin and his band is that we uh, we throw a concert at the company, The Great Other Bean, called K-Rockathon, yeah. uh, and he yeah. was up here for it in 2006. You played oh, our, our big show. Now. We're, I, I mean, I, don't, I wasn't working for the station then, but I don't know what kind of state you were in then versus now, obviously. Oh, Lord. Is it like black and white from when you look back in those days, uh, in 2006, to, to you as a sober guy now? Oh, God. It's, it's, it's night and day. I yeah. mean, like, the first thing I wanted to tell you is I need to make an amends to you. Yeah. <laughs> the right. first thing I wanted to say was, I'm sorry. You know, because in 2006, oh, my Lord, I thought that the that the moon and the sun went up from from when I woke up and the world was, I thought the world revolved all around me, but little did I know is that, man, you're just another, you are not as miraculous as you think. Yeah. You just wrote a good song that people like. Yeah. So chill out, be grateful, be blessed. The fact that I even played for a K-Rock event is something that is so extraordinary to me. But the fact that I don't remember it is the sad part. That's a bummer. That is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because K-Rock was, is my dream. Yeah. K-Rock's always been my dream. It's always been anybody in an alternative rock band's dream yeah. to be at that station, to be welcomed in with welcome arms. And the fact that I can't remember it is, is what really sucks. And I'm doing everything I can these days to do the next right thing so that if I do meet people from K-Rock, I can go... Thanks for giving me that shot. I really appreciate it. I think we got to bring Blue October back into town. Don't you think we? Weren't you guys just somewhere near here? Where's the tour stops next? Uh, Well, we start. We're going to Germany and um, Moscow and UK, and then we start touring April, May, and June for the new album and the new single. And we're coming to California in June, and um, and the new the new single is going towards alternative radio, and it's going really good so far. We've got a lot of a lot of stations behind us, but the fact that, I mean, I'm not going to make this a business thing right now. I'm just going <laughs> to say that the fact that K-Rock opened their arms for me back then and I got to be a part of their legendary history, it's just, it's a bucket list thing for me as, as an artist. Awesome. You know, it, it, it really is. So well, I truly am grateful and I truly am sorry if I showed up with a bunch of, uh, Eyeliner on and uh, and, uh, and and maybe remnants of throw up from the night before. I'm not really sure what happened. You yeah, know, but yeah, no, yeah, no. It was we a don't song. we don't remember it, it either, so it's all right. Yeah, it's all, right. It's all, all the blur. Right. It's all the blur. <laughs> what what uh, uh, are you in New York during the tour? Oh yeah, I'm coming to New York, baby. I just played your neck of the woods, but you were out of town. I think um, uh, we're coming to New York in May, so you got to come have dinner with me. 
Come have dinner with you, man. You got to come in, bring all the boys in the station. We'll do a K Rockathon on yeah, Josh has let's do it. the biggest show, fifty thousand downloads. I mean, the people Don't watch tell the show. Me that. That, you're just you're just you're making me all blush now. Um, you stop that. I'm telling you, you that Josh, it, Josh, who you're talking to, is K Rock Josh. His show is three hours long every morning. I will oh ride. You come stay with me. We'll yes, ride in you're there. Coming in. We'll blast the album out. We'll do Josh's show, dude. I mean. That's a blessing to hear you even say that. And if that would actually happen, I would literally um, give you a foot rub, Josh. You're back. You better watch it because we're gonna we're gonna podcast that. I'm taking you up on it, man. Hey, hey, and I will sit there while you play my and I will rub that foot. I will rub <laughs> Deal. that foot. Deal. Watch out for Larry. Watch out for Larry the bulge. Larry's gonna slide into man. Yeah, Larry's gonna stick his bulges. Hey, that's fine. It's fine, you know. I don't, you don't even have to wash them. I don't care. I'll work <laughs> Let's do this. All right, I want to end on this note. So, so when I called Justin, I said to him, "He goes, man, I don't know a lot about sports, but one of my guys in my band really." I said, "No, no, no. We just want you on." So, so, but, but, but here's something that's a generic thing. What's your opinion on kneeling during the national anthem? Oh Lord, you're going to get me on this, aren't you, Daniel? Come on now. Well, first of all, Daniel, let me ask you a question. Okay, tell me. Go ahead. Ask a question. Answer a question. Well, I like your style. Okay, what are they kneeling for? Well, the, well so, so initially, the kneeling from uh, Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick, the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, was due to the treatment of African Americans in this country and police brutality against African Americans. Long lost, in my opinion, is any sight of that being the reason. And when Trump turned around and attacked Kaepernick, it suddenly became a, really an, an anti-Trump movement. So that's been right. that's been my opinion of it has been we're not even looking at all anymore why Colin did this. It's all about, you know, the, the impropriety or is it a poor choice to show your protest. And I get all the people that say, look, I, even military guys, we had a guy on here that said, I fought for the right for people to kneel during that anthem if that's their choice. I just wondered whether or not, in my opinion, I wondered, isn't there another way to protest this i'd love to see an athlete say i'm not going to play i'm not going to play right. in the game now, that would be a, a protest right. of, of, a, of sacrifice to themselves but i wonder yeah. i put you on the spot now what's your opinion my opinion is uh, what he is protesting when he initially kneeled i mean i completely understand what he is protesting i completely agree with what he is protesting but my personal and this is just me mm-hmm I feel like our flag is something that should be always respected. And I feel like our flag, American flag, is what gives us our freedom. And without that flag that you're literally kneeling and turning away, and without that flag, you, have, you don't have rights anymore. So I feel like once you kneel, it's kind of like spitting in the face of all the people that went and fought for that right. I mean, do I agree with what he's protesting? Yeah, man, do that. Take that. Take. Get, don't play a game. Um, get out there in the streets and do what you need to do. I'm going to write the parody song, kneeling. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, in my in my view, I would never mm-hmm. have disrespected our flag for I agree with you. I agree with you. That's why we're best friends. I agree with you. Yeah. Justin, but, but, my man. To each their own. To each their own. Yeah, man, you're right. To each your own reach. If you can't cop it, it's not yours to have. Justin, thank you so much for calling in, brother. We love you. Dude, I had a great time. Anytime y'all need me on the phone to mess with somebody, I'm right there, baby. Thank you, I like Justin. It. I love it. Thanks, Justin. I'll call you later. <laughs>
All right, bye. Peace. Bye, brother. We will come back and ready to close out the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Sunday, the Giants head west to battle the Oakland Raiders. Free game at 325. Big Blue plays here. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. I think we've got a minute, Daniel, so here we go. I will rapid fire this Sunday's NFL game. Do it. You. Eagles, Seahawks. Eagles. Panthers, Saints. Saints. Giants, Raiders. Giants. Rams, Cardinals. Rams, Cardinals. Cardinals. Browns, Chargers. Browns, first win. Colts, Jaguars. Jags. Texans, Titans. Titans. Buccaneers, Packers. Packers. Vikings, Falcons. Vikings, Falcons. Falcons. Lions, Ravens. Ravens. 49ers and Bears. Bears. Broncos, Dolphins. Dolphins. Chiefs, Jets. Chiefs. And the big one, 1 o'clock, your Buffalo Bills versus the New England Patriots. Where are they playing? They're playing in... Oh, why do you got to ask me that? I believe they're playing at Buffalo. Buffalo. Wow, big win! All right, we hand it over to Brent Axe. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, all of you who tuned in. Thank you, Liverpool, Pool, and Spa. If you missed anything, get it on demand. iTunes, Google Play, search for ESPN. Syracuse, this has been the Daniel Baldwin Show.